0: Welcome to the Happy Nervous System Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Delahook. What we know about mental health is rapidly changing, and I help you stay up to date on the major paradigm shifts from dating to love to parenting. Get ready to learn about your body, regulate your nervous system, and improve your life and relationships with ease. Let's jump in. Hello, welcome back to the happy nervous system. My name is Kendra Delahook. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and we're here talking about all things related to the nervous system and really how to have a happy nervous system because that's when you really can have a happy life. This podcast is brought to you by Roya, an online platform with courses to help you optimize your mental health by understanding your body and your nervous system. Check out RoyaWellness.com for resources and for more information about this episode. That is R-O-Y-A Wellness.com. Let's get into today's topic. So I want to talk about shyness. It's time we really rethink personality traits. And I think it's fascinating because there are so many different types of quizzes and tests that you can take to better understand your unique personality and how how you work, how your brain works. But I want to take this a step further and talk about the part of personalities that no one's talking about. And that is why we even have different personality traits. I want to start with shyness because I have seen many, many kids and adults in my practice who get labeled as shy, and I really, really believe that they are greatly misunderstood, and they, I've noticed they really struggle. They struggle to show up in the world, to show up in relationships. So most of this is coming from my clinical experience, but I also was labeled as a shy kid at times growing up. And the moments where I was called shy, or when, you know, family members or caregivers would try to, you know, help me outgrow my shyness, those are not good memories. They're actually pretty painful because not only was I struggling inside, I also was judging myself because I knew it wasn't popular to shut down and to hide and to not join in on the fun and the, you know, everything that was happening around me. So I do feel called to really, you know, speak truth about this and just increase awareness about what shyness is, definitely in adults, but most importantly, in children. I am a firm believer that if we do a better job of supporting children and helping them learn to love and respect their individual differences and just how they're wired, they will have much better outcomes as adults. And so in that way, I really do believe that it it changes lives, it changes the world. So let's get into it. So shyness. I think it's greatly understood as something that could and should be overcome. And this message comes from different places. Sometimes it's from, you know, I think if we're looking at the macro level, depending on the culture, there's strong cultural messages to show up a certain way, to look someone in the eye when you first meet them, to shake their hand, to kiss on both cheeks, to speak up, to speak clearly. Now, these messages by themselves are not bad, and of course, you want to raise children and you yourself, you want to be polite and liked by others, but this is a one-size-fits-all model of how to be. And it's really unfair that we have a one-size-fits-all model for a whole spectrum of people with varying nervous systems. It just doesn't fit. It's like fitting, you know, a circle block into a square hole. It just, it's frustrating. So some of the messages that I think shy people and shy children are absorbing when they are labeled as shy is you should outgrow this. Um, You should do better. And this can be dangerous because then they learn to override their nervous system, their stress system, which is typically for shy people going off. The social anxiety and the ability to just stay present is something that they tend to really struggle with. And I think it's kind of funny because we really don't hold the same standard for people who are on the other side of the spectrum. So those who are obnoxious on the obnoxious side or just very loud and, you know, they tend to be more likable because they can connect better and they tend to tap into humor better. But we don't tell them to bring it down or to lower their intensity. I really think we focus on children and people who are more awkward or who are toning it down to really step it up. So there's a double standard here for sure. So let's get into what shyness is, the education piece about what's really going on, especially in shy toddlers and shy children and even shy teens. So I want you to think for a second about newborns. It's funny because some, if you can think of all the newborns, you know, some are born into this world as joyful, as chill as happy, soaking up the world around them and connecting with their parents. And they just have this sense of ease in their bodies and their eyes are glowing. And for the most part, they're just happy and chill. I recently met my cousin's um, son and he was just the happiest baby. And he really didn't have any kind of social anxiety, especially with new people, But he was securely attached. He was, you know, looking to mom and dad for comfort and support. But it was just so easy to see his his sense of awe with the world. And he was just so, so joyful. And then you also see newborns and babies who just struggle. They struggle to enjoy the little moments with their parents. They struggle to enjoy you know what's going on around them you know as they pass one year mark they might really really struggle with eating with textures when the color of their cup is wrong or maybe when they buy a new pair of pants like the tag on the back of their jeans it just drives them nuts and this is so challenging because before, you know, toddlers and obviously babies don't know how to to use language and to let their caregiver know why they're having a meltdown. And we're going to get deeper into the topic of toddlers. I'm really excited because my mom will be coming on the podcast. Dr. Mona Delahook, who obviously has inspired so much of my work. But we're going to really dive into why toddlers are so difficult, and a big piece of it is because they simply can't communicate. They can't control their behaviors, and they don't even know what emotions are yet. That's a slight tangent, but just keep an eye out (laughs) for that episode. So why can two babies in different families and sometimes in the same families with the same upbringing have completely different experiences in the world. Genetics absolutely play a role in temperament and in personality development, but there are other factors that influence this personality development, and that's what I want to talk about today. So a huge factor is just the way that an individual or a baby is wired And takes in the world around them. And the way that we take in the world around us is through our five senses. So in my practice, a huge part of what I do is I look at an individual's sensory system. And just how how they are with taking in sight, sound, um, taste, touch, and smell. We all fall on a spectrum with our sensory system. But some of us are... Hyperreactive, so very overreactive to one of our senses, and then others are hypo, so they're underreactive and they need a lot of input. So extroverted, confident, outgoing, possibly obnoxious people tend to be hypo reactive to the world around them, so they need a lot of interaction, connection, laughter sound these are the people who need to crank music while they're studying and then those who are hyperreactive overreactive especially to to sound and to touch and maybe sight they tend to be "quote unquote" more introverted or shy <laughs> so they have shy people have a system that is very finely tuned to the world around them Their visual system might be very hyper-reactive, so they might notice the details of the room. And these are kiddos who really notice when mom and dad leave, when maybe their playroom got rearranged or their toys were rearranged. And these sweet kids struggle, obviously, when a sibling is added. And going back to clothes, I think clothes is a big one. So the texture of their clothes... For example, for a toddler who is hypo reactive or just doesn't really notice sensation as much, they could be wearing an uncomfortable outfit and maybe not be too bothered by it. They're still able to go to school and have a relatively good day. The discomfort doesn't really distract them. But a little one who is hyper reactive, the same outfit might feel like little needles on their body. And so because they can't express themselves, this might show up as either (laughs) shyness, so a shutdown or withdraw, or possibly big behaviors like meltdowns, refusal, maybe even hitting. And this also goes with the auditory system. So I always laugh because I am jumpy. So when I hear a loud noise like I don't know. A, a loud dog barking or the trash truck even I jump. It is not even conscious. It's it's like my body responds to loud noises. And a lot of my friends like they it just does not phase them. So they laugh and they look at me in a weird way when I'm so sensitive to sound. But this is not a choice. This is individual differences. It's how I'm wired. And I'm talking about the sensory system because this is a huge part of why someone is shy. So, when you do have overreactivity to the basic stimuli of the world around you, the response can be to conserve energy. And that is really what shyness is. You know, the label of shyness is like a disguise of a body that is overwhelmed and kind of exhausted and using so much of their energy and their resources just to survive and to show up. And so the natural survival response is to shut down, to withdraw, and to conserve energy. And this is why shyness is not a choice I really want to challenge you to think of it as a very natural, a healthy survival response. I do want to speak about the unfairness of this because sometimes in my practice, my heart breaks for for kids and even teens and adults who struggle, who struggle to show up in the world and who are very sensitive Maybe this is some of my own past too, but it's like, why in the world are some more sensitive to the world when some would argue that it just makes living more challenging? But I'm a firm believer that every shade of personality and whether you're under or overreactive to the stimuli around you, every personality has their own strengths and weaknesses, their pros and their cons think those who are wired to be very sensitive end up having greater levels of compassion and can connect to pain and to others later in adulthood. But the key is for them to really learn to honor, to respect, and to listen to their body and not hate it and hate the sensitivity because that's when you shut it down and that's when anxiety and traits like shyness can really take over. But my heart does go out to parents of toddlers who struggle with their sensory system. It does feel unfair because these parents have to work harder. They have more sleepless nights. They have to really focus on connection. And I also see a lot of parents working so hard on the discipline with these children and that is a huge blind spot in parenting that I will talk much more about because shy kids need connection and this thing called co-regulation which is a topic I will also share a lot more about but I just wanted to speak to that and if you're you're a parent or maybe you yourself identify as shy just endless compassion for you. Shy and sensitive kids, they are, it's challenging. It really is. But just keep in mind that their greatest challenge can also be their greatest strength. We just have to support kids to learn, to work with their body and not against it. So just to summarize, we, we talked about a lot, I want you to look at shyness as a protective behavior, really an, a best attempt to manage an experience that just feels too much or too overwhelming and not something to outgrow, to overcome, or to conquer. When we make this switch to remember that um, that love and connection and safety is the answer and not behavioral reinforcement or jokes, or just pushing with with shy kids, it makes a huge, huge difference. And if you do have a shy child, or if you don't have a shy child, if you just find this topic interesting, I want you to think of maybe a little one who is at a new party and clinging to their parent's leg, just squeezing. They are stressed, they're not feeling it. And the parent just kind of pries them off and says, go say hi, shake the hand of the parent who's hosting this party, look them in the eye, say thank you. The child might do this, especially if a threat is involved. So we're not going to go to the park after this. If you don't do it, I'm going to take away your toy. I'm going to take away the lollipop. They might muster up the courage, but what's happening inside of their bodies, their heart rate might go through the roof they could be experiencing a ton of stress. So I don't know, this is not a winning (laughs) combo. I mean, you do want to raise your children to have good manners, but in this situation, it might be doing more harm than good. And again, they learn to override the messages from their body, and it's almost like not feeling safe becomes the norm. And then think of a parent in the same situation who notices that their child is clinging to dear life on their leg, and maybe they pause the conversation with the adult that they're talking to, they go down on their knees for just a moment, and they get eye level with their child, and they see the fear and the panic in their child's eye, and they pick them up. They bring them up with them and give them a really tight hug. This is called co-regulation. It's just a fancy word of safe connection. And the the irony here is that this hug, this really witnessing the child's struggle and then giving them something like a tight hug will send strong signals of safety to their nervous system. And the irony here is that in a few minutes, they may feel more so regulated in their body and safe enough to actually go say hi to that adult and possibly shake their hand. So connection, love, co-regulation is way more effective in the long run to help children really honor and respond to their bodies and you know behavioral reinforcement the pushing it might work short term but in the long run it does not help their development so let's bring this to a close whether you have an over under reactive sensory system you will have your own set of struggles and strengths but i do think we need to hold extra extra compassion for those who were born into this world With a more sensitive body and a more sensitive system. That was a loud bird. (laughs) I don't know if you could hear it. And yeah, those who just don't fit the the model of being outspoken, bold, and competent, especially children. Um, So that we don't teach them to override or even to hate their sensitive bodies. And when we do this, we teach them to love, to embrace how they are wired, and to learn actually how to utilize resources of love and connection to carry them through challenging moments. If you are listening to this, you might be curious about your own sensory system. So pretty soon over on the website, I'm going to have a sensory system quiz just so you get to know where you fall on that spectrum. And this is not a diagnosis. It does not mean, it doesn't predict outcomes by any means. But I think it's really helpful just to have a greater awareness of your uniqueness and how you're wired. So head over to royalwellness.com. That will be there very soon. And of course, the course is coming very, very shortly, which I'm so excited about. Alrighty. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I would love to hear your feedback on this episode and your thoughts about shyness. Maybe if you experienced shyness as a kid, and if this spoke to you, you can follow us at roya.wellness on Instagram. And I um, respond to all messages and DMs there. Have a beautiful day and thanks for listening.